0: You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. We're going to continue uh, what Pastor Rhonda was doing. Everybody say, from generation to generation. I thought Pastor Robert was going to get off on my message today. From generation, say it again, say, from generation to generation. And so, Pastor Rhonda, I had her uh, scheduled to do those two Sundays uh, before, uh, any, and I'm so grateful for what she's done. I believe that legacy and talking about generations is important. Now, I want you, uh, uh, don't act like you know this today, because I'm telling you, um, as a whole, as you look around the nation, uh, we could be in trouble if we don't do something. You said, well, we're already in trouble. No, I said, we could be in trouble. Uh, I don't think what you're seeing now is real trouble. You might think it's real trouble, but that's nothing compared to what can be if if this nation becomes totally godless. And so you and I can stop that. No, 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 listen to me. You and I can stop that. And, and it really depends on you getting a hold of this. Ecclesiastes, this is an interesting one. I don't think I ever preach out of Ecclesiastes except for uh, uh, one other verse. But, uh, you know, two's better than one. Threefold cord, not easily broken. But Ecclesiastes 1, four says, one generation passes away and another generation comes. We say, well, that's not much revelation. Because if you're born on the earth until Jesus comes, you're going to die. I love, nobody's happy about that. I, we're not getting up a load, but isn't it true? And there's not a lot of revelation in that until you understand that God deals with generations. And what is a generation? Well, in the Bible, you see in either 40-year or 80-year is a generation. But it's interesting right now. Um, even in uh, our society, people, they, they're they doing this. I don't remember this when I was a child or a teenager or college where they named the generation. You know, um, it You know, when someone calls you a boomer, uh, that's not usually a compliment on their behalf. But I'm proud to be one. I'm still alive. Hallelujah. Um, So, you know, if if you millennials want to still call us boomers with an attitude, fine. You know, or they got centennials or generation Z and how do they name them? But really, this is the point I want you to get. Even within that, there are characteristics about that generation. And God sees you individually, but he also sees generations. And I want you, I want you to understand this. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 10, the Spirit of God, through the writer of Hebrews, talking about the generation that was uh, supposed to go into the promised land. He says, wherefore, I was grieved with that whole generation. Pastor Rhonda, can you give me a Kleenex? I was grieved with the entire generation. Why was, he with the, why was he grieved with the generation? Because they didn't obey him. Because they had unbelief. Because he made a promise and they didn't mix faith with it and possess what God had given them. He was grieved. So God can be grieved with an entire generation. So let's go back to thanking him. Hang on. Acts chapter 2, verse 40. And with many other words that he testify and exhorts saying, save yourself from this untoward generation. The New Living Translation says crooked. The Amplified Classic says perverse wicked, and unjust. We come into a time when we look around and we can see that that around us that the generation is becoming crooked, perverse, wicked, and unjust, yet God has a plan for a generation, I've been praying, and they can tell you this on Wednesdays, probably for two or three years, I get to praying for the third. Do I got any 30 and unders in the room? Come on, wave at me, shout a little bit, make some noise. Here, good, enough, good amount of you. i not sure there's people watching. I've been praying for you for the last three years. And you see a lot of people and my friends that are my age, boomers, look around and say, what's wrong with them? Why are they act in that way? Why do they believe that way? Why are they talking that way? I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about a generation. I'm not. T- I'm talking mostly about unchurched, backslidden who have walked away from God. But you see, things are going to change because there's enough thirty and under in this room, <laughs> even in just in this room, to change some things. But what I, what I want you to see is uh, what God calls you. And so I pray this out. I've been praying it for a long time now. I've been calling you the generation of the upright. The generation, you see, God calls those things that be not as though the way He wants them. And He calls this upcoming generation, especially 30 and under, He calls you the generation of the upright. He calls you the generation of the upright. You see, other generations may have uh, call you something else, but God calls you. Everybody say, this generation, 30 and under, God says, they're the generation of the upright. Now, Psalms 112 verse 2 says, his seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. The, and you can say, well, that's just talk in general. I know it's talking general, but God is also now talking specific. This is a rhema word. This is a word from the word to this generation. You are the generation of the upright. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care what they say. I don't care, except for I care what God says and what God declares. And God declares those 30 and under to be part of the generation of the upright. But let me tell you this. Uh, Everybody else, um, don't get mad at me because I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about in general. The reason that the younger generation is so messed up, it's it's all the devil's fault, right? It's those liberal teachers. It's the liberal teachers. It's, It's the news media's fault. No, it's not. You can blame anybody you want. And if you want to blame anybody you want, except for the person you look at when you brushed your teeth this morning. Because really, God's not blaming any of them. He's holding the generation above them at fault. Now, this is going to get better, because everything can change. Because everything can change. Watch, watch this. Psalm 17, verse 17 and 18 <laughs> Lord, I need encouragement. I'm going to encourage you. Hold on. Oh, God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared your wondrous works. Now, also, when I am old and gray-headed, whether you cover it or don't. Now, also, when I am old and gray-headed, within yourself, if that's you, say that's me. Oh, God, that is me. Oh, God, forsake me not until... Come on, y'all. I'm talking to everybody 30 and older now. I'm talking to everybody 30 and older now. Watch this. Until I have showed, until I have proven, until I have given your strength unto this generation and your power to everyone that is to come. It is our job, 30 and older. You, you want to save the United States of America? Yes, you got to pray. But we got to show them the power of God. Listen to me. Isaiah 10, Isaiah ten twenty seven 27 says it's the anointing that will destroy the yoke. What, the, what this generation needs is the anointing. And if you carry the anointing, they need the anointing. We cannot blame liberal teachers, a media, a a political system, a government, whatever. The fault lies on the church of the Lord. It lies on parents. It lies on ministers who have taken the power of God out of church, afraid to preach the truth because somebody's going to leave. Now, this church, there's nobody here that's got itching ears, right? In the last days, people will draw after themselves ministers who will only tell them what they want to hear. You've come to the wrong place for that. You have come to the wrong place for that. Because I'm going to tell you what the word says sin is sin, God has not changed. You love people, you have compassion on people, but you love them out of their sin into Jesus and let the blood of Jesus cleanse them and wash them. And if you have selective outrage, you need to get over it because all sin is sin. They need the power of God. Come on, this is cornerstone word of life church. You see the power of God on a regular, come on what's our slogan around here? We're raising up a, you think that's an accident? We're, we're raising, it was when the Lord gave it to me, I didn't think about this stuff. We're raising up a what? From, to do what? To know him and to, to know him and to what? to know him and to what? From generation to generation. It's our job. We're so blessed around here. We've got great um, young adult pastors. We've got great youth pastors. We've got great children's pastors, children's leader. We, even in the nursery, they're teaching them about the things of God from the moment you put them in there until the moment they graduate. They're hearing about God. They're hearing about his power. Amen. We're, we're, as a church body, we're doing what we need to do about showing them the power of God, but it Is the truth? What this generation needs? They need the power of God. What did he say? What did he say? Because I got ahead of myself and got away from my notes. Until I have shown your strength unto this generation and your power to everyone and your power. See, that's the answer. They need the power of God. They need the power that delivered me and delivered you. They need the power that healed me and healed you. They need the power of God to come on them. And they can speak with other tongues and lift their hands and give glory to God. And be raised up out of a dunghill to sit with the princes. Amen. But only the power of God can do that. See why I was awake all night? Hallelujah. Luke 24, 49, and behold, I'll send forth upon you uh, what my father promised, but remain in the city of Jerusalem until you be clothed. What this generation needs is they need clothes from on high. They need the power of God administered to them. And then Acts 1, 8, after you, you know, talks about receiving the power of the Holy Ghost. What does this generation need? They need the power of God. Whose responsibility? It's mine. It's yours. I'm not going to blame anybody else anymore. I'm not going to blame. I, I know I keep doing this, but I hear it. Well, it's the liberal teachers. They're so liberal. Well, if you don't teach your children and that you let everybody, no matter you can, you can do whatever you want to do. Do what you do. Follow the Holy Ghost. But one day your child's going to have to stand up. And you need to teach them the word of God and what to believe now. And if a teacher has more influence over your child than you do, then they're not seeing you live the way you ought to live at home. Because you're living in front of them is more powerful than what some liberal whatever says. And they're not all that way. And that's the truth, especially around here. You understand me? Well, it's 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 the police's fault. It's the it's the it's the governor's fault. It's the president's fault. It's the this fault. It's the no 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 no. It's the church's fault. It's the parents' fault. Yeah. Yeah. Pastor Mark, I want to go home right now because I needed to come some encouragement. I'm telling you though, if you're doing what's right, then you are helping to change a generation. Because if your child is changed, watch this, watch this. David, uh, Psalms 145, verse 4. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Amen. Amen. <laughs> watch this. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9. Come on, hang with me. Deuteronomy four, nine. Only take heed. Deuteronomy 4, 9. Only take heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things which thine eyes have seen. Come on, y'all have seen stuff. Come on, y'all. I'm I'm talking to a bunch of people, you've seen stuff. Have you seen the power of God around here? Come on, have you had hands laid on you and the power of God overwhelm you? Are you filled with the Holy Ghost and you speak in a supernatural tongue? Have you had your body healed? Has God touched you? Has God changed you? I don't know what he did for you, but he delivered me. I was on my way to hell. I was messed up, and I doubt very seriously that I'd be alive today if I had not run into the power of God. Not religion, not not a church service, but I ran into the power of the Most High God. I was thinking about it uh, last night. I want to encourage you. What I want to tell you, because see, what you've experienced, you can't keep to yourself. Well, but people don't want to hear. They need to hear whether they want to hear or not. Figure out how to how figure out how God uses you to talk to other people, uh, post things, do things. But I was thinking about it. My sister, y'all have heard this countless times. I remember, um, I, I went home for the weekend. My sister bugged me, bugged me, bugged me. She got backed with the Lord, filled with the Holy Ghost, and I, I lived in Indianapolis, and I was coming home two hours away. And I promised her I'd go to church and. Um, let's just say Saturday night, other plans got in the way and uh, Sunday morning couldn't go and we'll just leave it at that. And then, so I got home and I was still in bed and she got home about noon or something and she came into the bedroom when I couldn't, I wasn't up and she said, you promised me, you promised me, you promised me. And you know, honestly, this is what I did. And this is the truth. I, I decided while I was there in bed, kind of groggy, I decided, you know what? I'm going to go to church with her tonight, so she'll shut up, and she'll. Ne- and I'm going to tell her. And this is what I told her: I'm going tonight, but don't ask me again. I'm not going again. I'm not going again. That was my plan. Shut up, and I'm not going again. So you can see that, how that worked out. But I remember walking into that little church, and this woman was up preaching, which I didn't know was a deal. And I remember my sister sitting me down in a pew. And I remember the lady that sat behind me. She was a wild, holy ghost woman. Woo! And I remember sitting in front, and I think my sister strategically set me in front of her. And I remember this woman behind me, and I'd known this woman forever. We were friends of the family, of course, we're a little town. I said, and, and I didn't know it till later, but that woman sat behind me and prayed in other tongues, focused him right at me the whole service. And at one time, this is the truth, I felt my head go backwards a little bit. i like, this is weird. <laughs> but I needed to encounter the power of God. And when that woman double-dog dared me to cross some line, I got up in my cowboy boots and went up front. I remember I was having that urban cowboy face. And I went up front and shook in my boots for 45 minutes, and the power of God delivered me and set me free. I'm delivered and set free. Because someone dared to believe a generation. This woman was older than me. She was an older generation than me. But, but I remember there was a lot of us that young, she would pray for us. She would, and she was crazy, but I love her crazy because she was crazy in love with Jesus one generation. So what's your job? Well, maybe your job is to pray. Maybe your job is to bring maybe your job, whatever you are to do. I'm telling you that God is looking for every generation to transmit his power. Everybody say power. power to the next generation, not religion, not words only, but the power of God. Because it's the anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage. It's the power of God that sets the captives free. It's the power of God that will sustain you when everything else. Yes, you need the word, but the word should produce the power of God. That your faith would not rest in the wisdom of men, but it would rest in the power of God. What this generation needs, they need some power. Amen. Amen. Where was I? We were talking about, we were talking Deuteronomy. Only take, it says, only take heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things which your eyes have seen. Come on, have you seen something? And lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life, but teach them. Everybody say, I will. will. Teach them. them, show them. To who? Well, to your children, and then it says, and then to your grandchildren. Amen. Or if you don't have any children or grandchildren, then you believe God to be an influence in somebody's life. In Joel 1 3, it says, Tell your children of it. Joel 1 3 says, Tell your children of it, and let your children tell their children and their children another generation. From, from generation to generation, who's responsible? I, and I'm not yelling at you today. I'm really, even though, you know, as a church, we could just go, we could just kind of sit back and say, you know what? This really doesn't apply to us. We, we've, we've seen every time we come together, we see the power of God. And you say, well, this doesn't apply to us. You know what? But I think there's more. I want someone, I would love to see a 30 and under walk through there who doesn't understand a thing. they get in this room and they feel the presence of God. And be like, what in the world? What's up with that? He's real. He's alive. Who's responsible for creating that? You and me. Not just me. You and me. They they need the power of God. Who's responsible for that? My generation. Your generation. Um, What happens if we don't do this? Turn with me to Judges. Judges. We'll slow down just a second. Oh, no, look at the clock. We got to speed up just a second. July chapter, July, Judges chapter (laughs) 2. It's July, everybody. Judges chapter 2. Verse 6. And when Joshua had left the people, let's talk about Joshua just a second. Who was Joshua? The son of Nun. Yes. Good, whoever said that. Joshua, the son of Nun, yeah. Who was he? Before he was a deliverer, who was he? He was a servant. He was serving the generation above him. He was Moses' servant. He was Moses' helper. He was Moses' go get the donkey. He was Moses' go pick up the dry cleaning. He was Moses, whatever Moses needed, that's what he did. It wasn't really glamorous, but he just served him. He just served him. And as Moses was ready to depart, God told Moses to lay hands on Joshua. Oh, I believe in the laying on of hands. And I believe in the law of contact and transmission. And I believe what is on one generation can be given to another generation and even greater by the Holy Ghost. And when, God, when Moses laid hands on Joshua, the Bible says the wisdom that was on Moses came upon Joshua. What was that? That's the anointing. That's the presence of God. In other words, Joshua, you can't do what you need to do without the anointing that's on Moses' life. So whether some young Joshua stud thinks he can do it on his own I'm going to change everything, you would be unscriptural because you need what's on the previous generation. You've got to pick that up. Come on, Elisha, you've got to pick up what was on Elijah before you can do the double. So you don't discount what was before you. You pick it up, embrace it, maybe clean it off a little bit, and then you take it to your generation. But you've got to get it from the generation before you. And if the generation before you has suddenly decided that the power of God is no longer important, they're more concerned with how many people are in a chair than how much of God is in a people. But we can change that. We can... <laughs> Some of you are looking at me kind of funny today, but that's all right. You get what you get. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God wants to use you. I'm telling you, if you've arrived for such a time, Esther man and Esther woman... You've arrived at the kingdom for such a time. You've got it on the inside of you. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is living on the inside of you. God's power. So it was on Moses. Moses laid hands on Joshua. And now Joshua is not only walking in what Moses did. Now he's got more. And he takes a generation. A generation that the previous generation said we can't go in. A new generation says we're going to get our promised land. Oh, I could stop and ooh, but we gotta go. Hallelujah! Listen, listen, listen. And so here in, in we're in Judges, not July, but we're in Judges, chapter two. Aren't you glad July is gone? Hallelujah! And so and when Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went every man into his to his inheritance possessed possess the land. And the people served the Lord. So Joshua, those him and Caleb trained up. They get in their promised land, and everybody say, everyone say, they all serve the Lord. They all serve the Lord. They all served the They were possessing their, the walls were falling. They were eating those big grapes on a regular basis. They were living in houses they didn't build. Man, the vineyards that they didn't plant, they were taking it all in. They were living in abundance. They were having a party. God gave us this. God gave us this. God gave us this. God gave us this. They are happy people. Hallelujah. And when it says, in all the days, the elders outlived Joshua. Now there's a group of people that outlived Joshua who had gone into the promised land, who had seen all that the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord died, being 110 years old. And they buried him. And then verse 10, and also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. They all began to pass. And there arose another generation after them, which knew not. One generation later, come on, the greatest possible generation that ever lived on the planet who wandered in a wilderness for 40 years after their parents said, you brought my children out here to die. God says, I'm going to show you something. The generation that marched around, come on, didn't they have some stories to tell? (laughs) They walked around the walls of Jericho and saw them all fall. They're living in houses they didn't build. They left an inheritance to their children of natural things, things that vineyards they didn't plant. They possessed the land that God gave them, but they forgot to tell the next generation to serve God. They forgot to teach God warned them over and over again you gotta you gotta bind these things around their neck. You gotta teach them every morning and every night you got to show them who I am. And one of the greatest generations that ever lived on the planet Earth, the next generation didn't know God. And that is not happening under my watch. And you can either join me. Are you ready? Come on, y'all. Do you know him? Come, it's time to make him known. His power changed my life. His word has set me free. <laughs> His word has healed me and delivered me and blessed me. And he gave me such a good life and such a good wife, because it rhymes hallelujah. And, and an ama- I was just thinking, and I, I live in an amazing house, and I, 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 I live in an amazing country, and I, I have a wonderful place to come worship. I, I, and I don't have time to complain. I don't, I don't have time to be bitter. i got to raise up a generation. I gotta raise, and I need you to help me raise a generation. And I need every 30 and under to understand that what we're putting in you, you've got to tell somebody. You've got to help somebody. Hmm. Hallelujah. And in one generation, and also in that generation, we gathered as fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had, in one generation, they've forgotten everything the Lord has done. We're raising up a generation to know him and to make him known. Every infant, every adult. I just need you to join me. I need need you to get in with me. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Acts 13, 36. I think we'll be done. Ish. Acts 13, 36. For David... King David, after he had served his own generation. One generation tells another generation, but it seems as though that generation, for the most part, not exclusively, reaches their own generation. That's the way it's done the best. But a watered-down gospel will not reach this generation. A nod and a wink at sin will not help this generation. The power of God. The power of God. Because I was like, uh, today, uh, next week, we're going to start a new series called "These 3 We're going to talk about living faith, hope lives, and love evolution, and we got cool T-shirts. You're going to buy one. It's awesome. Wesley has outdone himself. I'm just telling you. And so I had one, to, and I, I have another good sermon. It's right here in case I get enough time, but I don't. I mean, I, I want to talk about the power of God, how it transforms. Remember, a man named Saul became Paul. A man named Peter cussed and lied, couldn't minister to couldn't, couldn't bear witness that he knew Jesus. Yet after the day of Pentecost, he preached the first Pentecostal service and 3,000 men were saved. The power of God. The power of God. The power of God. The power of the Holy Ghost. This same Holy Ghost. The same Holy Ghost that fell in Acts chapter 1. The same Holy Ghost that fell in Acts chapter 2. The same Holy Ghost that fell in Acts chapter 10. Same Holy Ghost. Same power is available today. And if it helped them then and changed their generation then, that's what's going to change our generation. Yes, we need the Word of God. And you're always going to get the Word of God here. But there always ought to be a demonstration too. Mark 16, 20, they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them, confirming his word with signs following. Why? That your faith would not rest in the wisdom of men, but it would rest in the power of God. It's only the power of God that can change a sinner, get them out of the kingdom of darkness, and translate them into the kingdom of light. It's only a Savior. It's only a Savior that can heal the brokenhearted. It's only a Savior that can heal a sick body. It's only a Savior. It's only Jesus who can transform somebody's life, who can do what he did for me and raise me up out of a dunghill and set me with the princes of his people. It's only Jesus and his power, a resurrected Jesus, a living Jesus, a powerful Jesus that can change a generation. And he wants to do that. And God has declared this generation, and in my heart, 30 and younger, younger, you are the generation of the upright. You are the righteous generation. You are the generation of the power of God. I believe could be the generation that ushers in the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not hopeless. It's not all lost. It's just about to get gooder and gooder as it's ever been. Hallelujah. But David, after he'd served his own generation by the will of God, then he fell asleep. Listen, I don't need nobody else falling asleep. What I need you to do is what God called you to do. Amen. And so if you've got breath within you to your generation, you minister to your generation, but then you need to pass it on to another generation. If you have children, you keep passing. If you have grandchildren, if your children won't listen, skip them and go to your grandchildren. And if you've got grandchildren and they won't listen, go to their great-grandchildren. I don't care. If they're friends, whatever you got to do. Now, don't get creepy on me, but you understand what I'm saying. I believe as an older person, you ought to be ministering to, you ought to be sharing with somebody. Amen. It's time. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to CWOL.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know him so you too can make him known.